feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Another city is under siege. We saw the last few days ago on the Rita Cosby show some of the rioting that was taking place in the city of Atlanta. And it goes back to sort of this war on police. And what is so frustrating in the middle of all of this is there was basically an Antifa guy comes in. uh, He shoots and severely injures a Georgia State Patrol trooper in a so-called autonomous zone, like the one like you saw in Seattle, remember, in the summer of love. And then the state patrol uh, trooper returns fire like he's supposed to. He's getting attacked. And he returns fire. The place is called Stop Cop City. And he kills the guy who was firing at him. And you would think, obviously, he's defending himself. What else is a cop supposed to do? He's getting shot at. And then the city goes crazy. This group of people, mostly Antifa, and a number of them have been arrested now. By the way, I'm glad that a number of them have been charged with domestic terrorism. Thank God. I wish they had done that during the summer of love of 2020. But now all these sort of Antifa thugs and others feel like they have a right to protest the death of their guy who was opening fire on the cops. I mean, this is unbelievable. And to me, this just epitomizes this crazy, stilted view that people have that they can sort of fire what at cops and they're not supposed to fire back. And in the middle of all this, when I saw these images, to me, it just sent chills down my spine because it reminded me so much of what we saw in 2020 when cities were burning And you think about Portland and Seattle and Atlanta, Baltimore. You think about New York. What is your reaction when you see these groups who still don't seem to have learned anything from the summer of 2020? I mean, here was the summer of 2020. Uh, Many businesses still have not recuperated, by the way, since then. There's a lot of businesses that were burned to the ground. A lot of people were injured. Some lost their lives. And here we are years later. And yet there's no lesson from it. They still feel like if they don't like the results, they're just going to protest at will and start burning down property. What is coming about these people? And where do they understand the sense of justice? Don't they understand that at a certain point you have to say to yourself, you know what, maybe I shouldn't have been firing at law enforcement. Uh, This to me is just stunning when I've been watching all the images of the burning and of the looting and of the shooting at officers and burning police cars and stuff like that, like that, they have a right to do it. And it reminded me so much of the BLM riots that we saw in the summer of 2020. And it just was so disheartening to me. Here is a little bit, by the way, here is Judge Janine Pirro talking about how she felt the same way when she saw it. And obviously they didn't get the memo from 2020. 
this is the summer of 2020 all over again. So we have to kind of ask ourselves, didn't we like graduate from that? Didn't we get beyond that? The truth is, no, that what's happening is it's like defining deviancy down. It's like even though all that happened, we're continuing to chip away at the fundamental at the one of the pillars of America, which is law and order. And this takedown is becoming more and more acceptable by people saying, well, that's not violence. And I looked it up. Violence, using or involving physical force intending to hurt, damage, or kill someone or something. Okay? So let's not play word games and let's not make believe this is something that it isn't. So how many people on the left continue to play word salad and say, okay, well, if they protest, then it's not violence. It's some sort of form of expression versus violence and looting and burning. And case in point, to me, one of the most stunning things that I saw in the last few days was this commentator. He was on CNN, and he was asked to talk about what he's seeing on the ground there in Atlanta. Is he seeing, you know, destruction and mayhem and all the things that we see in the pictures that look just like the summer of 2020? And he described it as, no, it's actually not that bad And he basically turned it around and said the only thing that he sees that is really bad is basically the way that law enforcement is acting. Like, he had no problem with the protesters burning the buildings, uh, setting a police car on fire, trashing businesses, breaking glass, doing all that other stuff. No problem with that. But he has a real problem with law enforcement responding and cracking down on these people. What kind of planet are these people in? that they just continue to be in this sort of land of denial. And to me, this is so destructive. And to me, it epitomizes also the role that media has to play, because we got to be honest, when you see a building on fire and people looting and burning, call it for what it is. It is violence. And yet, listen to this guy. This is David Peisner. He's sort of a freelance journalist. He was on the ground in Atlanta. And when he was there seeing all the burning and looting and destruction. He's like, no, 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 no. Uh, It's not that bad. It's actually the police who are to blame. Take a listen to this backward behavior. There's a real blurring of the lines in in the use of the word violence. Is property destruction violence? Um, To some people, it certainly is. Um, But, uh, you know, this idea that breaking windows or, or, or other acts of property destruction are the same as uh, actual violence against humans, uh, is, it, it, it's, it's kind of a dangerous and, and slippery concept. You keep using these words, violent, 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 um, and it, it gives the impression, I mean, the only violence that, that or, or the only acts of, of violence against people that I saw were, were actually police tackling protesters. The only violence he saw were police tackling protesters. What kind of video or street was he on? If you look at all the pictures, that's like the Black Lives Matter. Like you walk down the street in 2020 where people are throwing bricks and everything else at you. And yet, oh, there's no violence here. Who was it? Ali Veshi, remember on MSNBC, who was like, no problems here. And meanwhile, it looks like... Uh, Looks like Vietnam behind him, you know? It's like, are you, it looks like killing fields, a scene, you know, out of it. You're like, are you kidding me? So to me, this just epitomizes 
that still the left is so entrenched in this if they're protesting something that they agree with, in other words, you know, against police or defunding police or any of these things, then it's not violence. But the minute that law enforcement start to defend themselves, then it suddenly becomes violence. To me, this is so troubling and such a disturbing trend. And it comes at a time where the war on police is sadly in full fledged. Uh, there have been more than 62 police officers shot to death last year, more than 300 that have actually been shot at and injured. How much more do we need to take? we got to start supporting our law enforcement guys, and we got to start calling these violent thugs what they are, a bunch of teenage thugs and troublemakers who clearly are coming in to reach mayhem. And that's their only objective. They're not there because they want some peaceful protest. They're not there for even some message. They're just there to take advantage of a bad situation. And that's why I use Atlanta as a great example, because the people that were arrested just recently, by the way, many of them were from outside. They're like outside agitators who come in. And one of the guys who was arrested, by the way, thank goodness for domestic terrorism, come turns out he's from a yachting family in Maine. These are Caucasians. They're protesting you know, issues with police and African-Americans, and many of them come from wealthy families and don't even come from Atlanta. They're like professional agitators, probably all sponsored by good old George Soros. How much you want to make a bet that somehow Georgie is behind part of this? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. What role do you think the media plays And how do we get these people to learn that clearly violence is violence and just call it for what it is? It is not some sort of demonstration of some greater issue. If you're burning down buildings and you're lighting police cars on fire, uh, this is not a noble mission in any shape or form. 1-800-848-9222. Two. Let's go to Norm, actually, on line three in Brooklyn. Norm, your thoughts about all this? Yeah, you want to talk about my buddies Antifa? I've dealt with them. They're not, they're, they're, they're very violent. They show up at anything that's good or or Christian or any, anything, anything that, anything that uh, supports America or the concept of freedom. Uh, yeah, they show up. Um, they, uh, they did show up at the Life March. They did show up. Uh, not that many of them, but they did show up. A couple of weeks ago, they showed up at um, one of the drag queen story hour protests that I was involved in. I, I didn't go to this one, but my my friend did. Uh, they set fire to a car. They attacked the police. Uh, there were there were arrests made. Um, they're very violent. They set off tear gas bombs, um, and, and the media didn't even report about it. They don't report anything. Why is that? Why why is the media downplaying the role of these, uh, like, clearly these agitators that uh, are very destructive, I think, to the fiber of America? Well, I think the reason why is because Antifa is ultimately uh, going up the ladder. That's the muscle of the extreme left. They're, They're being funded. The same people, if you go to a rally in Washington, D.C., as I have, uh, if you go to a rally in New York City, if you go to a rally in California, you, you will see those same people. They, there's lots of money. Uh, they, they're all masked. 
They don't, you know, they wear masks. They wear sunglasses on top. They don't want their identity to be seen. A lot of them wear uh, black clothing, uh, sometimes body armor. Um, they're trained. They're, it's a paramilitary uh, uh, paramilitary outfit. Uh, you know, LGBTQ uh, uh, climate warriors. Well, that's what they are. Yeah, they sure are. And I don't think there's anything uh, warrior-like about them. They are just destructive mm-hmm. city. Norm, thank you very much. Great very to hear welcome. your perspective uh, because, as you say, you've seen them there on the front lines. Wow. And, boy, are they turning out in full force in Atlanta. And yet a number of members of the media are like, oh, it's no problem. Shame on them. one 800 848 The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, we are talking about the fact that some members of the liberal media seem to think the only violence when you're seeing Atlanta on fire in parts is basically the police responding to the protesters. That's where things get out of hand, as opposed to the protesters who are initiating it. And to me, it is such an outrageous, preposterous, uh, bizarre look at what is clearly destructive behavior. And also, what about all these like bail fund groups that are bailing them out? I think about like the Minnesota Freedom Fund that was bailing out all the protesters in the summer of 2020. Remember, Kamala Harris was actually funding some of them and encouraging people to donate. How much does that play a role in all of this? Clearly, these protests are like tinderboxes and they are still happening across this country. And yet I'm really happy to see at least the Atlanta police chief is calling it for what it is saying these agitators, these members of Antifa, clearly are violent. Take a listen to what they said. It doesn't take a rocket scientist or an attorney to tell you that breaking windows and setting fire is not protest. That is terrorism. And that they will be charged accordingly. And they will find that this police department and the partnership is equally committed to stop that activity. Uh, We already have prosecutors in the room as we speak, and we're reviewing everything. We have a lot of evidence to still go through. So even charges you see tonight, those can easily be upgraded, and they will be upgraded if appropriate. And the ones who were protesting, just like in the riots of 2020, remember? A lot of the people that they arrested came from well-to-do families that were, you know, not even from the area, didn't even have any issues. They just were kind of having a good time protesting. They're like professional agitators that that's what they do. And that's what we're seeing if you look at some of the images of the six that have been arrested in Atlanta. How much do we need to crack down on these agitators and throw the book at them? And I think about the contrast. This administration doesn't say anything. They're not condemning so far the Atlanta night of rage. Yet all they talk about is January 6th. It's like, God, if you were near the Capitol, boy, were you a domestic terrorist, even if you were walking your dog that day. And yet here it is, Atlanta, where they're burning things down. And the administration doesn't say anything because that's something that they support. That's something that they will turn a blind eye to. And that's something that they don't seem to want to condemn. one 800 848 And here is Atlanta's mayor also calling it for what it is. Thank goodness they at least are saying it. It is a crime. 
Uh, and that's why they've been charged with the crime. And these crimes, domestic terrorism, and the, and the crimes range from violence to domestic terrorism to assault, battery, and some other things. Um, but yes, it is violent when someone turns to burn down a police car or break out windows or have explosives on them. I don't get into the names. I don't know all the organizations. I'll let y'all decide who did it. I just know they're arrested. And if they come into Atlanta again to wreak havoc, they will be arrested again. I love this chief. He's great. And that's the mayor, too. I love them. At least they're no nonsense. At least they're saying they're going to crack down on all this. Thank goodness. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Are you worried that what we saw in 2020 is really basically just needs a little bit of a match and it may start again in different cities across the country? Because clearly it started in Atlanta so quickly and yet these people don't seem to even get a sense of reality that what they're doing is so out of control. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Jim. Line three. Jim, your thoughts about all this. Uh, hello, Rita. My opinion, those leftists and media like Pfizer don't believe what they're saying about what is or isn't violence. They're just trying to support their political side and political agenda. It's, to me, it's like the phony reasons Putin created to justify invading Ukraine. He knew what he wanted to do, and he had to create a, a, a reason to do it so he can justify it and feel like he's justifying it to other people. But he was going to do it regardless. That's a great point, like sort of just sort of creating that moment and that expression uh, just so they could justify bad behavior and get away with bad behavior. It's like, you know, it's like even in some of the riots, you see people who are like, oh, good, they're breaking into a store. So I'm going to go break into a store now, too, and take advantage of it, too, you know, and take advantage of that moment and just sort of ride the wave. Not that they feel like there's anything, you know, anything political uh, anything personal, anything social justice. They're just, you know, just trying to cause havoc and take advantage of a bad situation. Jim, yeah, think. Yeah. Go oh, ahead, Jim. Yep. Yeah, I go think ahead. a guy like Pizer wants to see an extreme left-wing agenda take over uh, politics and policy. And if having riots is going to help make that happen, he'll create any excuse he can. He's about the ends justifying the lousy means that we're talking about here. That's a frightening situation, though, to be in, because this is this guy who's on the ground. Um, and by the way, he also in an article talked about uh, basically the guy who shot the cop, he said in this article, this is this Peisner guy, was a strategic thinker. That's how they describe him. I call him a hoodlum. And he calls him a strategic thinker, as if there's some like great philosophy behind somebody who opens fire on law enforcement. I mean, it's semantics. Call it what you will. The guys are criminal. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. Also, a new trend as all this is happening, that up New York City merchants setting up private patrols to combat crime because things are so bad. We're going to talk to you about that and much more after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great law enforcement and their families. A beautiful story coming from Suffolk County, New York, where police officers 
Peter Laub and Patrick Hanley are being praised after saving a one-month-old baby girl from choking. Emergency crews were called on Monday with reports that a one-month-old baby girl was having trouble breathing. After responding to the 911 call, Officer Peter Laub slapped the baby's back while Officer Patrick Hanley cleared the baby's airway. Thankfully, the child began breathing on her own and was taken by ambulance to St. Charles Hospital in Port Jefferson for further treatment. Now, the department put out a statement saying, as a police officer, each day brings a different challenge. And for Suffolk County Police 6 Precinct Officers, Peter Laub and Patrick Hanley, a child's life hung in the balance. Bravo to the great work of these two officers on Long Island for saving that little one-month-old baby girl. And it just shows that every single day there are different issues that our law enforcement must face and confront. And thank goodness uh, that they're there and have that great kind of training. We are so appreciative of all of them. And that's why I think I get so angry about what is happening in Atlanta and the fact that this thug, this guy who had fired on a Georgia state trooper, well, when the trooper responded with gunfire, then suddenly there were riots saying that the trooper was overreaching. What is he supposed to get shot and not return fire? You can't just go around shooting law enforcement and thinking that you can get away with it. To me, it is so preposterous that these people are just so emboldened and the cycle of like thinking that it's okay to respond any way you want to just because they have such a sad disrespect for law enforcement. And I think so much of it is the climate that we're in. I think it's uh, I think it's the bail reform. I think it's obviously parenting. Uh, it's issues that are happening in the justice system in every shape or form. It's prosecutors going soft on them. It's the revolving door that's happening with so many of these people. And case in point, there is a new story that's popping up. And I'm not surprised that it's come to this. This is a group of merchants in Bronx, New York, that are so fed up with crime in Manhattan uh, that they just decided that they're going to take matters into their own hands in basically all the different boroughs, including in the Bronx, um, and that they are hiring, especially for that area, private security guards. This is a group. It is called the Five-Person Ambassadors Program, and it's being run uh, by a group Wednesdays through Saturdays. Basically, these are unarmed ambassadors, but they're basically designed to thwart off people who are going to break into businesses in the Bronx. How sad is that, that we have come to a place where people don't feel that the city is protecting them? Obviously, law enforcement wants to protect businesses. They want to do whatever they can. But getting to all these locations when there's so much crime, so much rampant crime, and a lot of these young recidivist criminals just feel emboldened and they're doing it over and over and over again, it's that whole revolving door. They don't take it seriously because guess what? They just get a slap on the wrist and then they're back out again. It is causing business owners to spend extra money to basically have their own sort of security system. I think it's obviously totally understandable. They got to protect their property. They got to do what they can. And they also have to make sure that they can do anything they can so the person doesn't come in and try to do it. Um, you don't want to take law into your own hands in terms of going after somebody who's breaking in or attacking. 
Look what happened to Jose Alba. Remember that whole case? That was the bodega guy. And suddenly, remember, the guy comes in and hops over the counter and tries to attack him. And then he fights him off. And then he's the one who gets charged, Jose Alba. Remember, it took that whole big public mission to get him out. So I don't necessarily encourage people to go to that extent. But I do think having people who are unarmed can show sort of a show of force that they're experienced, they're trained, they know what they're doing. And I think it's a sad sign of the times, but I also think it's an important sign of the times and how sad it is that basically now merchants have to kind of put that into their cost. Gosh, what can I do to basically keep my property safe? Having to put an extra expense. I mean, you see it all the time. You go to so many of these stores all over the country And you see it, you see like Tide locked up, you see toothpaste locked up, you see deodorant locked up. You're like, what are you kidding me? Think about the old days, like there was never any of this stuff was locked up. Ice cream's locked up in grocery stores. These items that are sort of like high value items that people like to kind of take all the time now are like they're in Fort Knox. And it's made it so difficult for the average person to even go shop at a store. And it's made it so difficult for the shopkeeper to be able to like make ends meet. Because guess what? They got to hire extra security. Uh, they don't want the security to get involved with these people. If the people get angry, if they try to stop them from shoplifting. I mean, it's this whole huge vicious cycle. So what do you think of basically the fact that now there is this ambassadors program that citizens are working together, bandying together to say, guess what? We have to protect our property and protect ourselves I think it's a sad sign of the times, but I think it is absolutely necessary, and especially if they're unarmed. I think if they can send a message, they're trained, they know what they're doing, uh, they don't antagonize, but they can serve as a preventative measure, then I think it's a good positive thing. And I think it's sad that we have to do that, but police can't be everywhere these days. And sadly, police are busting people, and the next thing you know, they're back out on the streets. So how bad is crime? And what do you make of the fact of this, quote, ambassadors program? It's this unarmed program. They're going to patrol through the Bronx borough, basically the busiest shopping district. That's sort of along Fordham Road and Jerome Avenue to Washington Avenue. They're going to be meeting and greeting also, by the way, with merchants and customers and also act as a deterrent. So thieves sort of see these guys kind of dressed up thinking they're probably security, have some experience, sort of additional eyes and ears, and basically report anything suspicious, unsafe, any sort of criminal act that they see, and basically serve as sort of a community watch program. I think it's sadly important because I don't see our justice system turning around in the near future, and that is a sad sign of the times. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And here is even Mayor Eric Adams talking about this new strategy in the Bronx, basically saying that people have to take care of themselves. Take a listen. There are some here in the Bronx shopkeepers that there's a sense of a feeling the police aren't doing enough. They're fed up with NYC crime. Shop owners are hiring private guards to fight back. Is that a wise strategy? What more can be done here? 
No, it is a, a wise strategy because I say this over and over again. Not only must the numbers reflect safety, but people must feel safe. Uh, there's a new survey that came out in the transit system where riders have shown that they feel much safer in the system because we did the right thing. 1,200 officers placed in the system, different shifts, really zeroing in on those who are violent and those who are dealing with mental health illnesses. We had a summit uh, two weeks ago with all of our major changes to look at the repeated grand larcenies and larcenies that are taking place in stores, and we're going to come out with a major initiative in that place. People must feel safe, and we must make sure that businesses are safe in the city. And that's what the NYPD is doing. Yeah, although if you look at crime, it is still rampant. And I don't think if I think if you took a survey of saying, hey, uh, on the subway, do you feel safe? I don't know if you get anybody to raise their hands. What do you think? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Phil. Line 7. Phil, your thoughts about all this. Yeah, good evening, Rita. Uh, I have a belief that this, this stuff in Atlanta, of course, this is the left the left wing of the Democratic Party. They're subsidizing these people and doing what they're doing. Uh, if this were to happen in Orhova, you know, out of Delaware, in Joe Biden's neighborhood, there would it would be World War Three. These people would be in jail for 20 years each. Uh, the point is, I think what should be done, at least try it on a trial basis in New York, is you deputize, deputize the police and the state, deputize regular individuals who are capable of understanding what, what they can do to prevent crime and make arrests, make legitimate arrests. You mean like sort of citizen deputies, like uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Isn't Shaquille O'Neal one of those in Florida? I'm not sure about that, but uh, the point is this has been done in the South over many, many years. It's been done from time to time during crisis situations that take place in the larger cities. You know what also, I also feel like, Phil, that people need to also protect our law enforcement. I almost feel like law enforcement needs their own sort of ambassador program that's sort of watching their back. I mean, think about, as I was bringing up the example of what was going on in Atlanta I mean, how bad is it and how sad that we're at a place where these thugs are just sort of at will, uh, so emboldened and don't care that they're firing back at law enforcement and they think there's something wrong that law enforcement is returning fire. Um, And law enforcement, sadly, has become such a target to so many individuals. I almost feel like there needs to be a citizen patrol protecting law enforcement these days. What do you think of that? Well, you, you had this back back in the 80s and 90s in the Orthodox Jewish neighborhoods. You had private patrols where, where so many people would ride around in so many cars. And if they saw anything that was really out of the freaking ordinary, they, they would intercede. Uh, they usually were equipped with anything but guns, nothing to do with guns. <laughs> but, excuse me. But the point is, I think what's important is that Something be done because, look, I, I've lived in the Bronx many, many years, and, and I don't see the police anymore. I, you know, the past five or six years, cops have disappeared from view. We used to have cops, a cop at every train station, no more. We used to have police cars riding around, no more. Now you're lucky if you see a police car or you even see a, thing, a, a pair of cops. It's, it's almost, almost gone. It's almost totally gone from the picture. Yeah, and that's why people are taking uh, security into their own hands. Phil, thank you very, very much. Always great to get your perspective. Let's go to Pam, line eight. Pam, your thoughts about all of this, that people are now hiring these sort of 
citizen patrols, if you will, uh, to just basically protect their property. I contend they need to have some of them to protect police. I think it's both are great ideas, but I also think each individual, I've been so terribly frustrated that, I mean, we're hearing all the right aids, what, 28 or 29 closing in Manhattan. I, I happened to be in Dwayne Reed um, last, was, I guess, two weeks ago, and I was standing there debating about whether or not I could afford a chapstick or liquid, well, actually not that brand, but moisturizer, lip moisturizer, when I saw this man just filling his overcoat, putting things, just filling his overcoat with things that weren't locked up. And I was so incensed, I just shouted out really loudly, thief, only much louder than that. And um, and what happened after you did that? That was pretty good, though. What did it, what happened? Well, what I, happened? Just, I continued shouting it. I said, manager, manager, and then... And I don't happen to have a cell phone, you know, where I could take a picture of him, but I've determined, well, the guy left, but I've determined that the next time I'm just going to do that and encourage people to take pictures. I think shaming people, since the police are, hands are tied with these moronic laws that, that, that you know, the, the fools who are vote Democrat have instituted, um, that's our only recourse, so we're going to be without stores. Yeah, and that's why, how do people even do, that's the thing I think about, how do people even sustain their businesses these days, Pam? Because when they're dealing with such an amount of crime and robbery, and then seeing these people literally put back out on the streets, I mean, sometimes within minutes, sometimes within hours, sometimes within days, um, you can't blame these short, you know, storekeepers for saying, hey, I want to come up with my own plan for security. And you're right, maybe publicly shaming. Maybe it's like sort of the old days, like a scarlet letter, you know. Maybe it's like uh, you put a T on them for thief, you know, or R for robber, not for Rita, but for robber. And say, you know, wait a minute, this person is clearly call them out and make sure it's not acceptable behavior. I mean, and the one thing that I worry about, though, is sort of getting people so engaged because you might say that and then somebody turns around and gets angry at you. Um, look what happened with the, uh, you know, Fox weather guy. He tried to stop a beating of an old man on the subway and then he got beat. So it's you have to be careful when to say things and when not. We're going to continue your calls, everybody. What do you think of these private patrols set up by merchants to now combat crime in New York and elsewhere around the country? I think it's sadly a sign of the times and a smart move. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. Plus, I think about businesses being burned down and other problems. I think about some of the threats coming from people like BLM. Remember Hawk Newsom and some of the comments he made in 2020 like this? They think that they're going to go back to the old ways of policing, that we're going to take to the streets again. There will be riots, there will be fire, and there will be bloodshed. So there's no way that we're going to let some Gestapo come in here and harm our people. And it's that sort of attitude that you're seeing in Atlanta today and other cities where other businesses are just so fed up about rioting, but they're also fed up about day-to-day theft and robbery and shoplifting. And by the way, in the next hour, we're going to talk about these migrants who got busted for shoplifting in New York. 
$12,000 worth of goods from Macy's. Now there's word they won't be deported. I think they should be deported immediately. Uh, is there anybody out there who thinks they should hang around and be able to stay in four and $500 hotels and then be charged with $12,000 worth of robbery of goods? Uh, that is crazy. So we're going to talk about that in the next hour as well. But we're talking about businesses taking the law into their own hands and their own security, really, into their own hands. It is so bad, like in the place, say here's in Houston, Texas, where there are a number of store owners who say that they basically have someone who sleeps over at the bar to protect themselves. Think about how sad that is, that they don't want to leave the place locked, but without somebody inside because they have so much robbery and so much looting. Here is Carly Shimkus on Fox talking about that. In Houston, this is going on right now. Um, there are bar owners that are sleeping in their bars because mm. they continually get broken into. So instead of going home after a busy day at work, they're bringing an air mattress in with a gun and they're protecting their own property. We have gone so full circle that it's like the wild, wild west again, where crime laws are so lax that citizens are now being forced to defend their own property and their own businesses. And it is like the wild, wild west again. And that's why, remember recently, uh, it was a Philadelphia gas station owner who was so fed up with incessant crime uh, and also just people threatening his customers and employees that he hired, not unarmed ambassadors like in the Bronx, uh, but he hired heavily armed security guards to watch over his business. These are guys they had Kevlar vests, uh, AR-15s or shotguns. Uh, they look like Rambo. Uh, I remember they were, like, wearing black, and they had the masks and the whole to-do. Uh, I don't think anybody went near that gas station the minute that they got hired. It was an expensive private enterprise, but, you know, it certainly seemed to work. It was like the Expendables. It looked like uh, like Sylvester Stallone and the Expendables outside a gas station in Philly. And here is the gas station owner, Neil Patel, talking about why he went to that extreme. We are tired from this all nonsense, robbery, Drug trafficking, racketings, all kind of hanging around all gangs. They're forcing us to hire the security, high-level security, state-level. So why has it gotten to this that people have to actually hire private firms, in some cases armed, in some cases not armed, but at least to have a presence? What a sad thing. What kind of a country are we living in that we have created this cycle where these criminals, especially many young thugs, because it's a lot of young thugs that are doing it, uh, that they just feel emboldened over and over again. It is stunning. Let's go to Robert, uh, line one. Robert, your thoughts. You're in Philly. Go ahead, Robert. Yes, ma'am. And they are doing it. Can I just beg 15 seconds indulgence on something that needs to be said about that prior topic? Do not be surprised if the DOJ comes in and takes this case over, not to prosecute them because they know if these kids are convicted of domestic terrorism, financing domestic terrorism is a serious offense. And who finances Antifa? George Soros, which is why they've been denying it all along. I just wanted the listeners to be aware of that, okay? If the DOJ moves in, you know why. That's a great point. That is a great point, of course, in the case in Atlanta, as you're talking about. Uh, And what do you think about the patrols, by the way? The fact that there's this armed, very heavily armed security force outside a gas station in your area, by the way, Robert. 
Yes, they are, and they are serious guys. But Curtis Sliwa missed his calling in life, man. He was doing this for free 50 years ago. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Could, you're right. Idea. Curtis would, could be like a billionaire now. You could farm I'm it out, right? You, you could be farming it out. This was, this was his idea. He can seriously claim credit for this, but I understand why. And all I can do is wait for the Democrats to lose power so we can get back to a time when we don't need this and we didn't have inflation and people running across the border, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, also, by, by the way, the- and Robert, you're, you're right. There are just so many issues right now. And you think about if, if it was a get tough person at the top and sending that message down, you're right. Uh, it would be a whole different deal. Robert, thank you. You're awesome. Let's go to Pat. Uh, Pat, line seven. Pat, your thoughts about... Things are so bad that they're hiring these heavily armed forces and in some cases uh, not a heavily armed, but they're patrolling. They're saying we can't leave our businesses vulnerable. Hi, Rita. Good evening. Rita, first of all, these thugs, you can't shame them into anything. They, have, they, they, they just can't be shamed. They're out there on a mission thinking it's all owed to them and they're going to take what they want to take at any expense. You know, the knocking down of this nation and what constant berating this nation, if this were another country, maybe they would lose their hand for stealing. And maybe that's not such a bad idea. Wow, Pat, you are hardcore, like uh, like Saudi Arabia and some of those other countries. It's like, uh, you want to steal again? You, have, you know, they, they don't fool around. Uh, and I'm not I'm not for... Uh, you know, dismembering someone's hand. But I am for sending a message that if you do some crime, you have to have some sort of repercussion and afraid to do it again. Uh, You know, even if it's a few days in jail, something. We're going to continue talking about this after the break. 1-800-849-222. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And later on this hour in the Rita Cosby Show, we are going to talk about the fact that those Four migrants who were busted for stealing more than $12,000 worth of merchandise from Macy's on Long Island. Well, right now, their attorney says, no, there's no indication that they'll be deported. They're just going to kind of go through the system and see where things go. Uh, Wait a minute. These guys are staying at four or $500 a night hotels. Two of them listed the Westin Hotel as their place of residence. And that's not good enough, obviously. So they're now going to Macy's and robbing. I mean, this is such a crazy thing. And I think anybody, first of all, we got to be vetting them better at the border. We got to be checking them better at the border. That's number one. And then if they commit a crime in our country, throw them back. I don't even think there's any gray. I mean, where is the gray? If somebody has a criminal record, they shouldn't be entering our country, period. We should be vetting them just in general, period. we got to be organizing the way they're coming into this country just in general. But if they have a criminal record, what the heck are we doing? And then now you've got people who have been accused, charged with stealing $12,000 worth of merchandise. Send them back to the other side of the border. Maybe if they somehow they uh, get deemed innocent, 
even though it's probably on videotape or whatever, right? But if they get deemed innocent, then maybe they could go through a hearing and then three or four or five or six, seven years become an American citizen. But other than that, what the heck are they still doing here? Why are we like so soft on crime? What does it take? You got somebody who's committed a crime and you still won't even deport them then? And of course, this comes on the scheme of just all these recent reports that we've heard of, of these migrants who are staying at these hotels, again, courtesy of American taxpayers, and they're throwing out the food because they just don't like the food that room service and that the taxpayers are giving them. Here's one of the hotel workers. This is at the Park Row Hotel talking about what he has seen. Take a listen. This is insane. This is fresh. This is good food. This is bags and bags of food being thrown away. We throw away food that is perfectly fine. This is completely sad. This is a waste. We wasted a lot of food. We got homeless in New York City. And the same hotel worker also says that there needs to be something said to these migrants that are apparently there's assault allegations. There are harassment allegations. uh, There's also a whole bunch of stuff about booze in the rooms. Uh, Why are they getting away with it? And these people are working at the hotels are going, where's the real customers? Uh, We don't have any other customers. We just have like a couple hundred migrants that are drunk and throwing out the food. Uh, Listen to the worker talking about what he thinks needs to happen. We have complained rigorously about the waste of food. If you know you're throwing away so much food, why won't the city say, let's have accountability. Let's shorten down the rations and let's throw less food away. Yeah, you would think. But guess what? They continue to get these things. By the way, there are reports also tonight uh, that the city of Yuma, Arizona, which is a border city, that they are just so overrun by migrants that that open border by Joe Biden has basically caused food banks and hospitals to just be overwhelmed, uh, that the hospitals just can't handle it uh, because they're, you know, they're covering for surgeries, uh, checkups, a whole bunch of things. And that they have barely, basically not had any other non-migrant patients, if you will, at the hospital. And that they're busting through the seams. They just can't afford to be able to cover so many migrants, so many waves that are coming through. Also farmers who say that their properties are just being so destroyed. And basically the city of Arizona, uh, Yuma, they're basically saying they're almost on the brink of collapse. That there was basically a huge sign by Joe Biden saying, come on in. And the destruction left on their city, they believe, is irreparable. So what we're seeing in New York in terms of these migrants and some of the problems is just the tip of the iceberg of what people in Arizona and elsewhere are dealing with every single, single day. So we're going to talk about that later on in the hour. What do we do? Do we need to get tough on these migrants? And my goodness, if they don't like the food, well, then go back wherever you're from. You're getting free food. You're getting a free hotel. And the fact that they're not even talking about deporting these guys who are now charged with shoplifting $12,000, what else does it take? 1-800-848-9222. And that is as crime is escalating in our country, sadly, to such a huge degree that as we were talking, 
there have now been these private patrols set up to basically combat crime. Some of them are unarmed in the Bronx. It's a group called a five-person group called the Ambassadors Program that basically sends a message, hey, don't mess with this business. We've got an eye on it. These guys are not armed. And then there are ones on the other extreme that are these heavily fortified groups that are setting up in Philly and elsewhere that are really former sort of military, paramilitary almost, like a scene out of, you know, again, uh, you know, some of the uh, Rambo films where they're standing there with all the guns and all this saying, don't come in, you will not come in. Sylvester Stallone is right around the corner. Um, And that will certainly disenchant someone from coming in. But is that a sign just of how bad things are? And what do you attribute to that? Is it a breakdown, as I think, of clearly the judicial system? It's a breakdown of respect for law enforcement because law enforcement has their hands full and they're often attacked. Sadly, they almost need patrols of their own. And it's also a sign that these young people are just emboldened over and over again because they just see the revolving door that we were just talking about. I mean, look at the way they're treating migrants. Look at the way they're treating these guys who robbed $12,000 worth of stuff from Macy's. So you can imagine the free-for-all for other people, too. How many times do we hear of these crimes that take place across the country, and you look at the rap sheet of that person, and it's like a book. It's like over and over and over again. So what do we attribute to this chaos, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Well, Tammy Bruce, conservative commentator, says that she believes – A lot of this is tied to young kids who are getting wrapped up in gangs because they know how to beat the system. Take a listen. Gangs know this. So when you're looking, especially in California, whether children will not be arrested or will be taken to juvenile and then will be released. So they recruit the teenagers. They recruit the minors to commit some of the most heinous crimes because they will be released. They will not face the same kind of problems. Yeah, they know how to cheat the system. And then the sad reality is then they go after often these businesses, often in vulnerable communities, that put them in a more dire situation. So it's like the communities that actually need and have a tight margin or are dealing with crime at the most, they're often the ones that are targeted over and over and over again. And it's hurting these communities that really are trying to rise up and thrive. And it's hurting often minority communities. I mean, it's just heartbreaking because everybody deserves to be safe. Here's a little more of Tammy Bruce talking about that. And then, of course, the other victims, these kids going in and they have no real, you know, decision making capacity going into a bar or into a place where there's a man with a gun sleeping yeah. on an air mattress. That slope. person's life is also ruined. So the people yeah, who are right. victimized first right. are young people of color, young people who are moved by the left or by gangs or by Democrats who tell them, you know, get a signal from society that there is no law and order. There's there's no repercussions. All of these lives are ruined and it goes right back down to policy of the Democrats in this country. Yeah, so much of it is these soft on crime DAs that clearly do not send a message that, guess what, Uh, one strike and you're out, as opposed to 20 strike and do it again for 21. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jeff in Pennsylvania. Jeff, your thoughts about all of this, the fact that people are resorting to sort of these private security firms that are costing them a lot of money. I mean, it's it's hurting their bottom lines. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they they already paid through their taxes for protection from this crap. 
And now, you know, it, it, it's not happening because of the left. And, I, you know, with George Soros and Klaus, what's his name? I can't think of him. Yeah, I know what you anyway. mean. Yeah, the, the Klaus guy, yeah, who's like, okay, well, you know, let's, uh, the whole sort of left-leaning. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, well, they want to turn us all into serfs so they can be gods. And, and they're servants of, of Satan. I mean, think about it. Some of them, I hope most of them unwittingly, but they're servants of Satan. Well, and listen, good people need to stick together and people need to be taught right from wrong. I mean, I think so much of it is also what's happening in the home and the lack of training um, in the home, the lack of moral support. Um, you know, I think some of it is also broken homes. The parents aren't around as much. Maybe they're like letting the kids get away with it. Maybe they don't even know. Um, and a lot of times these kids are minors that continue to rob stores and do all these other things. And guess what? They get, you know, sometimes no jail time. Sometimes if they do, it's so minor uh, that they just don't care. You know, it's sort of a, almost like a badge of honor, Jeff. And that's that's a sad revolving door to be in. Jeff, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Eric on line eight. Eric, your thoughts about this. Hey, Rita. Um, it's not just about the merchandise I was thinking. It's like about peace of mind. Cause like you got to think that every time the door opens, you know, the front door, they can, you know, they don't know what's coming in. You know what I mean? So as far as the business goes. No, that's a great point because you're right. Because how scary is it, you know, when you're there and and like Mm -hmm. and 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 they're so bold. I mean, I've talked about Eric. I remember being in a couple of stores in Manhattan and seeing them rob. I saw a guy like I mean, a guy was walking away with like I was like, God, he's buying a lot. And the next thing you know, he just walks right out. I mean, they're just brazen. They do it right in front of everybody. The security guard was like, yeah, he comes in all the time. There's nothing we can do. I mean, what a sad situation that is, Eric. Then there's another the other point of it, like they don't they don't know what rules these security have to play by. You know what I mean? They 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 just don't know. I I don't think they're gonna hesitate to restrain someone who's stealing. You know what I mean? They just don't know. They might think twice. So, well, well, that's why I get a little nervous. To your point, Eric, I get a little nervous about like just saying, okay, everybody, you know, take law into your own hands, um, because you don't want them a to turn on you. Like clearly, what happened with uh, this weather guy, the Fox weather guy, who's trying to do a nice thing to protect this elderly guy who was having his hair like lit on fire on the subway, and then when he tried to step in, they turned on him. So you want to be really careful. You want to be trained. Um, but there needs to be something done, and how sad that it's affecting so many people. It is so pervasive. We're going to continue with your calls after the break. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We are talking about skyrocketing crime and citizens taking matters into their own hands. Also, the revolving door of justice that people feel they can't trust the justice system. How sad is that? And the facts are the facts. You look at the numbers where people have been arrested and they're back out on the streets. And if you're a business owner in a major city in America, you can't afford the expense of losing so much merchandise, often on a daily, if not weekly basis. I mean, we were talking about a whole bunch of these stores like the Rite Aid stores and some of these other stores that are closing down just because they can't handle the expense of hiring however many security folks. I mean, think about the cost that is. You know, you're paying somebody whatever, you know, bucks an hour or whatever to work behind the counter 
And now you've got to hire somebody probably even more expensive to do security. If you're a big store, you've got a couple different entrances. You've got to have like three or four of them at a time. You've got to have somebody who's well-trained because they can't be by themselves. I mean, is it the Wild West? And how do we turn this around? one 800 Let's go to Steve. Line 8. Steve, your thoughts about this? Well, it's nothing very complicated. Obviously, we're incentivizing people to have children out of wedlock with poor education, and they revert to crime because that's the only game in town because there's so much drugs, et cetera, in, in the community, et cetera. So we're, we're witnessing the destruction of the of society itself anyway, uh, encouraged by the Democrats and their policies. And it's uh, just really, really despicable. This Democrat party should be outlawed. It's just a, it's a crime, crime syndicate, it seems like at this point in time. How, how do we turn it around? You know, and what do you say to these business owners? What, uh, you know, uh, maybe raise your prices five or 10 percent so no. you can have, you know, I mean, that's a sad thing. It is, but they are no, passing no, it on to consumers. Oh. They are. We're incentivizing criminality. We're incentivizing breakups of the family. Until that changes, nothing will happen, and this country will be destroyed from within. Yeah, isn't that sad? And and we're already at a point where there's such a degradation and such a devalued of human life or of values or of people working hard and trying to earn a living, especially a lot of these places are small businesses, and they just they can't handle it. They can't handle uh, the cost of extra security and all these other layers. Uh, Steve, thank you. Let's go to Stan. Uh, go ahead, Stan. Your thoughts about all this? Hey, Stan, where are you? Stan, call us back. Uh, there's a little bit of nothingness. Often he says nothing, even when he's talking. But anyway, we'll see what he says. All right, let's go to. Let's go to. Let's go to. Um, let's go to actually Andrew. Line two. Go ahead, Andrew. While we're waiting for Stan to have an epiphany, go ahead, Andrew. That was. That was Stan's all-time best call. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, that was the best call ever. What is that? Have you ever seen the book? It's like um, a book about the best president. You open it up, it's blank. You know, that, that's what that's what right? that call was. We're all happy, but, like we're cheering. I, that was Stan's best call ever. <laughs> Go ahead, Andrew. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it was um, two stories that I did for the media. You were talking about not reporting honestly. One was um, in New Jersey, they, they had protested, had a vigil. The young man was shot by the police, but they actually admitted that he charged the two officers, jumped on him, started grabbing his gun, and the officer that actually shot him was his own uncle. So, like, come on, like, you're admitting that he's trying to grab the gun. So they're in, in a delusion, and I don't really blame the parents because they're, like, grieving. But another one was in Pennsylvania, and I have to give it was NBC News, but a local affiliate. It was a kid with, I think, like emotional uh, disabilities. He was on a bridge with a fake gun. It was a prop gun, but it looked totally real, and it didn't have the, you know, the orange cap. And most of the fake news, they showed a freeze frame of the kid, the gun on the ground, and the kid with his hands up. But when you roll the video, he then takes the gun, picks the gun up, and points it at the officers and you know, so that's just two examples. And they had a vigil for that kid. And I want, I asked the news director, can I ask them, like, well, you know, why did he have a gun? Like, why, you know, why is he walking around with a gun? Right. Why did the parents stop him? And they said, no, you can't ask. But I didn't like that, but I understood it was a vigil. But I got to see how phony the parents and the people were, like, 
Yeah, and also, by the, and by the way, Andrew, that whole like PC attitude of like, no, you can't ask, you can't talk. Um, you know, it, boy, that is an alarming thing. Somebody walking around like a young kid with a gun. Um, Andrew, thank you. You always have some really great stuff. Thank you. Let's go to Michael. Line one, Michael, your thoughts about the fact that all these private security firms are now getting hired. People just can't handle the cost of crime. Rita, all I can say is Curtis was right when he ran for mayor to get the police that were let go by de Blasio back on the force and with back pay. By the way, 1,000%. I agree with you. The people of New York should sue to have the police back in full force. All of them that were kicked off the force by de Blasio have a right to be protected. The businesses should get together. The Chamber of Commerce of each borough should get together and file a lawsuit. Yeah, I hear you. I'm with you. I think that they should bandy together and say, where are they? And I agree. I think the fact that they were cut out was just insane. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes, where we honor our great military and also their families, a beautiful tribute coming from Nevels, Georgia, where a U.S. Army combat veteran and retiree, Charles Buck Bennett, received his Veteran of the Year Award recently. It was presented to him by the former commander of the local VFW post. And it's the second time, by the way, uh, that the commander of the post conferred an award on Bennett. The first was a bronze star that the Army awarded Bennett for his service in Iraq. And the commander said he was surprised that he said that this time he also wanted it again at the post. And he said he wanted it uh, because the post has members who also served in World War II, Korea, Vietnam and the Gulf Wars. And Bennett wanted all the members to be a part of it. And to experience it. By the way, Bennett served in the Air Force from 1982 to 86. He attended officer candidate school where he was commissioned as a second lieutenant in the Florida National Guard. He was also transferred to the Georgia Army National Guard. And he also was deployed to Bosnia in 2000 and 2001. And also, as I mentioned, was in Iraq in 2004 to 2006. He retired from the U.S. Army Reserve in 2016 after 34 great years of service. And so wonderful to see him and so many other veterans appreciated for their service. Well, I contend we probably need the military back at the border because I'm telling you, it is a mess down there and things are getting worse. Case in point, this latest case that we talked about where four migrants who are being put up at a hotel in New York, they're staying at a nice, cushy, nice little Westin hotel, I would love to stay at a Westin Hotel or at a the Row Hotel or any of these hotels. You can order a whole bunch of room service. There's a pool on the top, by the way. Uh, there's a sauna. There's a whole bunch of different stuff. It sounds kind of nice. But I guess it's not good enough for those coming into the country illegally. And now those who were bused from Texas to New York, four of them, 
have now been charged with stealing more than $12,000 in merchandise from a Macy's earlier this month. And their attorney has been speaking out, an immigration attorney, basically saying that right now they will not face deportation. Maybe if they get convicted, but right now they're not going to face deportation. They're just going to kind of go through the system. And it may take a little bit of you know time. It's just a small crime. It's just shoplifting. No big deal. It's only $12,000 worth of looting. Uh, this, to me, is just insane. And to me, it is such a sign of the times of just... A, first off, what an unappreciative group. They have come here. They're getting the benefits of a beautiful hotel room. They're getting food. They're getting phone, uh, education, health care. And then they're looting $12,000 worth of stuff. Uh, To me, uh, what is wrong with our priorities that we're even allowing them to still stay in the country? Why is it not being vetted better? Um, And also, things are getting so bad that the just pull on communities – is really affecting places. I mentioned Yuma, Arizona, where the hospital there, the CEO of the hospital, was basically saying that they may not be able to stay in business anymore. They are so overrun by migrants coming to that border city hospital in Yuma uh, that they just basically can't take any other customers. No other patients can basically get through there, packed to the brim. Uh, the community is paying for it just like it's happening in all these other communities. You can imagine what it's like in Yuma, Arizona, uh, right there on the front lines of the border crisis. And all of that is just adding salt to the wound, and it's just costing that community so much that they don't know if they can even function. I mean, how scary is that, that they are like at a crisis breaking point is the way it has been described. And here is Mayor Eric Adams in New York talking, basically saying the government, the federal government, has to help out New York and other cities. Take a listen. We opened 77 emergency hotels for Hercs during the crisis. We are in a crisis, and the federal government must have a national response to this crisis. They have not. And Mike Pompeo, former Secretary of State, probably likely presidential candidate, he basically says... It's very clear where the blame lies. This is not like a a federal government problem. It's a Biden problem. It's a philosophy problem. And they don't seem to care. And even though now some Democratic mayors and others are complaining and saying we're busting at the brims, is it really going to make a difference? They just do not seem to care. They're turning a blind eye. And I case in point, he goes down there to, you know, Mexico. I mean, to me, it was one of the most embarrassing moments ever that we had the Mexican president applauding our president, basically saying, you're the first president in a long time who hasn't built one meter of border wall. What a great guy you are that you have basically created the most open borders in American history, as if something to be proud of. Uh, Here's a little bit of Mike Pompeo basically saying he was on Cats at Night, uh, actually Cats on Sunday, basically saying that the president is definitely responsible for this chaos. This is malfeasance. This is in, this, there has to be intention. They have no intention of closing this border and protecting American sovereignty. And the risk, to your point, huge costs. I'm mayor of New York City, big cities all across America. That's bad. Uh, but think about the fentanyl that's being trafficked. Think about the terrorists that have the capacity to come across our border. And, you know, it's now some, I think it's close to 4 million people in these first two years. Goodness gracious, my home state of Kansas is a little over 3 million people. 
this is this is no this is no way to take care of a middle class Americans who are struggling to figure out how to afford to buy eggs and milk and put food on the table for their kids. To have that open border in the South was something that we demonstrated could be fixed, and we've watched President Biden with some uh, some level of malfeasance and clearly no intention of closing it down. Just simply walk away from it. It's dangerous. And, you know, he was talking about uh, what's happening at the border. First of all, historic numbers of crossers. This month, uh, over 250,000 is the new number that we got. That was from the basically the crossings in December. The biggest month-to-month number in American history. That's huge. And now some new numbers on fentanyl uh, that the Secretary Pompeo was talking about. Fentanyl seizures across the U.S. southern border. Basically 9,400 pounds of the killer drug fentanyl. Think about 9,400 pounds. And a little like we had a DEA agent who was here on the show, Frank Tarantino, special agent of charge in New York, who was saying like a few little grains that are like salt grains, basically, at the top of like an eraser of a pencil are enough to kill you. So can you imagine what 9,400 pounds of deadly killer fentanyl has been seized, by the way, between October and December of this year. That is a 241% increase year to year. Uh, That is a stunning number. And think about the fact that it is coming here to many streets in America. So we've got crime. We now have these migrants who were bused to New York staying in these beautiful hotels committing shoplifting and probably a lot more other migrants. We don't know about these, but other migrants. Uh, and for sure, they basically said, yeah, my address is uh, the old Westin Hotel. You know, what are you going to do about it? Too bad. $12,000 at a Macy's. I don't know if they were in like the kids department or which department, but that's like uh, like three U-Hauls worth. Have you seen like Macy's? You can get some pretty good after Christmas sales right now, right? So it's like, think about it. That's a lot of merchandise for 12000 bucks. I like shopping sprees, but boy, that one is like, that's one for the record books. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Howie first off in Long Island on Line 8. Go ahead, Howie, your thoughts. How are you? You know, uh, the 65 Immigration Act and Illegal Immigration rebuilt the left wing of the Democratic Party, and now you're bearing the fruits of it. Every time you support the 65 Immigration Party, uh, uh, Bill, you are reinforcing the left wing of the Democratic Party, and they're the ones who release the criminals. They let the illegals in the country, and they're all voting for more left wingers. So your country has been turned over and turned over to the hard left. Everybody calls in. It might sound good. They're doing nothing for you. They don't even talk about visa violations. They never talk about that because they want them here. The establishment, whether they're Republican or Democrat, want them here. They've turned the country into a hard left country. They went out there in Long Island robbing thousands of dollars of merchandise, shoplifting, amongst other stuff. And they know they're going to get away with it. They're laughing at you. The hard left is putting them inside hotels. Why else would you put people in hotels if you didn't? Because you want them here. That's why. So if you support the 65 Immigration Act and you support all the illegals coming in doing nothing about it, you have helped rebuild the hard left. This guy, Adams, is now being pushed on this 
conversation is he's a hard lefty. He was the one who campaigned for Brick. Well, and, a, and let a, me ask you, Howie, hold on one second, because you're just going on all these tangents. But the, but I hear what you're saying in terms of the you know, the other thing is, too, is it looks like they're looking at more hotels. I mean, that seems to be the solution. And the fact that. You know, these folks who are working with these four guys, these four asylum seekers who are charged with shoplifting, uh, if indeed it's an open shut case, um, you know, I don't know what the heck it's like such a it's like, why? oh, why would we deport them? You know, uh, I mean, what are we like a like an open neon sign saying, hey, criminals and murderers come to America? I mean, I mean, it really is. It's really incredible. Uh, when you see Very. the fact that the sort of lack of lack of concern about American security and also, you know, lack of respect for coming to this country, too. If you're going to come to this country and you're going to get all these freebie things um, and, and they wonder, by the way, you know, Adams wonders, why are they all coming to New York? Well, they're coming to New York because guess what? They get to put up in a hotel. They see the signs. They talk to each other. They see that they're in like, hey, I'm hanging out at the Westin Hotel. You know, uh, hey, I'm ordering beer. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Why wouldn't you come to New York? It's like a big neon sign, Howie. They're invaders. That's what they are. Build a big prison on the border. If you commit crimes in my country, you get to go to prison. We don't deport you so you can come back. That's another harebrained scheme. The establishment has rebuilt the hard left, folks. You sitting there are being fooled. Adams just wants money from the federal government. He's all for this invasion. You got people supporting him. They're pushing Adams on this station now because the establishment wants them here. They're putting him in hotels. Well, well and that's here. why, that's why, you know, you bring up Adams too, Howie. He's sort of like playing both sides too, you know, on one hand. Um, and, you know, and he was making some statements about, you know, the right to shelter, um, whether, you know, those with asylum have the right, whether they don't. Um, he also was basically saying, you know, oh, I don't know why they're coming here. And then on the other hand saying, well, we are a sanctuary city. So if you say you're a sanctuary city and you put them up in all these hotels and you're talking about more hotels, uh, yeah, uh, maybe that's a reason why they're coming here and taking advantage of the system. And when I hear these stories of them trashing the hotel rooms or robbing, you know, Macy's and places like that, it, it is just it. There is something so wrong with this system. Um, and I don't know how you break it when you've got so many generations now coming through and so much as I even talked about fentanyl coming through. I mean, they're so serious on so many levels. Uh, Howie, you're terrific. Thank you very much. Let's go to Stan. Uh, I understand he is back. Go ahead, Stan. Uh, I heard that little remark before I caught you with that little remark. It was a a good call because I wasn't there, right? I heard that little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, I heard that. By the way, someone else said it and I chimed in. I I agreed. I didn't I didn't initiate, but I did agree. But it was charming. I I always defend you, too, Stan. I love you, too. Go ahead. Let's get to it. Uh, As far as I can see, first of all, that hotel stuff, put them on a plane, fly them back to the border, open up the door and say, hey. Take a take a dive because that's ridiculous. What's going on in these? Yeah, isn't that? I'm glad to hear you say that. No, it's true. I mean, I mean, unappreciative. Uh, You'd think they'd go down and kiss the concrete that they hear, but uh, you're right. They don't like the food. They don't like the hotel. Uh, and, they know, and, by the way, they, and by the way, they don't like the prices at Macy's, so they're robbing it. Go ahead. Now, you know, well, I don't understand. Uh, they stole, is that right? Yeah, $12,000. $12,000 worth and of stuff. they were stuff. arrested? Were they arrested? Yes, they were. They were but charged, were they, yes. Were they let out? 
Yes, they were let out. They were charged. Uh, well, uh, good old system there, you know. I mean, you know, and they and they left the address was the Weston. Two of them did. Two of the four. Me, I, you you have your segment back the blue, but where the hell is the blue blocking us lately? They're not around. Somebody called that get Phil, who I don't agree with at all. Most Maybe of they're time. busy. Milwaukee, they're not doing nothing. If all the, it, look, they carry the gun. I do not. And the idea that we have to have these private people who are unarmed anyway trying to protect is a joke. It, that means it's a failure of the policing, not just the law, of the police force. They don't want to do nothing. Stan, it's if, a failure of the system. The cops, the cops want to get involved. They want to do that. But guess what? They get fired on. They get beat up. They get abused. And guess what? They can't be in every single place. Crime is so bad these days. Uh, that you'd need them in every single business, basically. I mean, especially in some of the big places. You're in Forest Hills. I mean, there's a lot of crime. Yeah, it is so scary, I think, to be a law enforcement officer. And I just have such respect for them. And who wants to be a law enforcement officer these days, which is so, so sad. I can't. I would never blame them, Stan. I think that's, a, that's the wrong place to go. But we're going to continue your calls. Stan was back. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about the overwhelming crisis of migrants in New York and other cities across the country. By the way, the guys who charged and uh, for stealing, this is the $12,000 worth of merchandise from Macy's in Long Island. Apparently, part of the reason they're getting, quote, a break, if you will, is because they are asylum seekers. They're technically, quote, not illegal immigrants who cross the border, according to an immigration attorney. So they're, quote, given the benefit of the doubt because they have a pending application. So come back in about six years and let's see how much damage they could do at other department stores until then, basically. 1-800-848-9222. Here is former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo basically saying that the problem at the border and now the spillover, whether it's drugs or whether it's a crime like we just talked about with shoplifting and elsewhere, that it is squarely on the Biden White House. What we're experiencing today doesn't have to be. President Biden says we can't close our southern border. No, in fact, I worked as Secretary of State on Remain in Mexico, and I talk about my meeting with President Obrador in the book. You can fix these problems. These are political choices that are being made, and the American people are suffering for that. Yeah, they are definitely suffering for that, that we would turn a blind eye and put these people up in a hotel, and they don't like the food. Uh, There's not enough booze. There's not enough this. Uh, And then they're going out and robbing. And because they're, quote, asylum seekers, uh, they don't get deported. Are you kidding me? Even if they committed the crime and they were not asylum seekers, I don't think they would deport them then either. It doesn't look like it. It's like, well, no, we'll just kind of go through the system. We'll just kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, To me, this is just case in point of how broken our justice system is and how broken our border is. Uh, Let's go to Pete on Staten Island. Line five. Go ahead, Pete. How you doing? Hi, Rita. Yeah, I wonder, did these guys that went to Long Island, did they use an easy pass or did they pay, uh, pay by mail? And they got it, that hotel down as the place to send the bill to. And to Long Island, man, 
I tell you, they go out there. They got Macy's right in New York, but there's no parking for whatever car they were driving to get there. And I'm so glad we heard from Stan because I'm going to tell you the truth. I got a little worried, you know. He's up there in age, and I didn't answer the phone. And I said, I was so glad to hear his voice. And I didn't care what he was going to say as long as we heard that he's okay. Oh, Pete, you're a softie. By the way, you know, I, and I say this too, Pete, Stan is lovable. You know, we don't always agree with him, uh, but he is a lovable guy. And I always appreciate hearing from him and, and, and how thoughtful and sweet of you to check on Stan. And I agree with you. He's, he's a good guy. And uh, even if he's a little crazy, Pete, even if he's a little loony. <laughs> and by the way, Pete, I think the reason that the guys drove the car uh, it had to go all the way out there. Just like you said, they needed a big vehicle to fit the $12,000 worth of merchandise. That's a lot wow. of merchandise. You know, you can't, you, can't, you can't take the subway. You can't carry it all back. You know, I mean, how sad is that, Pete? We love you. Thanks for the call. Oh, it was great to hear from you. Let's go to Lisa. Line two. Lisa, your thoughts. In Nassau County, and I called Bruce Blakeman's office because Bruce Blakeman has been, I like him very much. He's been tough on crime. And the answer that I got, I didn't get him directly, was unfortunately, I said, why were they released? Stan was wrong. The police arrested them and they were released. I said, why were they released? And I was told the bail reform law. Now, two of them were released. Two of them were charged and they were let out on bail and they had to post a bond. But evidently they got the money for the bond. And then my question was, well, why aren't they deported? And as you said, in the New York Post had an article that probably the two that had to post a bond that were not released uh, initially will be will plead will plead down the charge. I'm not a criminal lawyer, but I'm assuming to some type of misdemeanor, and that will not prohibit them from being from staying in this country. This- That's it's shocking. And you know the other thing too, Lisa. Uh, I was waiting for you to say I want to know who posted the bond. I mean, supposedly they come with the shirt on their backs of this country. Who pays for the bond? The same person who's paying for their uh, dinner tab at the hotel. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.